And that's why you're doing this, right? Because you don't want me to do this to you. And I had thought that. I went, well, that makes sense. Yeah, I'll, I'll claim that. And he goes, okay, so now you're making sense. Well, I didn't even say it. He did. It was his truth inside of himself that he was finally connecting into. So as we were talking, as he was talking, really, he just kept going on and on about this person and that person and all of that. And then he said, so you want to know if I have conversations with them and what I say to them about all this? Well, I say nothing to them about my impatience or my thoughts about what they're doing or how they're expecting me to be. And he says, now that's an interesting concept to talk to them about it. Never thought about that before. Talk to them about that. Hmm, I don't know if I could. That could be a sign of weakness. And I, don't, I can't appear weak to them. And I said, so is it weak to talk to, to mom? Or is it weak to talk to me? And he goes, well, actually, this feels pretty good right now. I like it. I'm glad you did this with me. And I said, so what would it be like to do it with my, with, oh, my I said, my mom, mom. What would it be like to do it with your friends or some of your family members? Or what would it be like to do it at work? And he goes, work will be the last place I do it if I do it at all. And so the conversation kind of came to a close at that point. He says, enough, enough, I want to watch TV. And right about that time, Mom called us into dinner, and that was it. But I, I learned something. I learned something that I had inside of myself, my own truth, that I wasn't aware of, about sharing, about having conversation. And I realized that a part of my impatience was caused by me not being open and vulnerable and sharing with others or with myself. So I began to move in a different way. It was very interesting because I began to have conversation with the teachers at school. My teacher at the different classes I was going to. And I started out with my English teacher, who was also my German teacher. And I started out there because I had English, the bell rang, I sat there in class, stayed in the same seat, and waited for the bell to ring, and we started German. So I had this space of time of 10, 15 minutes with her and me in the room. And after a while, we started you know, just talking a little bit here and there. But by the end of the year, we were having really good conversations about everything. We would talk about family and friends and what was going on in our life. We talked about politics and religion and spirit and just everything. And it all started with me just wanting to learn how to have conversation with people and share with them what's going on in me and to listen, if they will, to share with me what's going on in them and to be patient in all of that. And then another thing I realized in this process of discovery 
was that sometimes people would tell me something that was going on in their life and I thought I had to fix it. Somehow I thought I had to be the one to resolve it. Oh my God, they're telling me this horrendous thing they've never told anybody in their life. And I thought, you know, I needed to find some sort of solution or help them in some way with it. And so for a little while, I became Mr. Fix-It. And I would try to figure out how to fix it. And where I became aware of that part of my life was with my brother. My brother at this time was going through a divorce, and he was living at home, and we would have these conversations. And I mean, he was going through horrific things. I had no idea of this kind of pain and sorrow and, and everything in somebody's life. He really woke me up to a lot of things. But he would tell me things, and I thought I had to help him try to figure out how to solve it or get away from the pain or whatever, and I just couldn't. And then I realized all I needed to do was be patient and to be with him and to listen and to just share my caring with him in this way. Just as I had done with my dad, I didn't need to fix it for my brother. I just needed to listen and share what I knew, my truth, as I knew it, but not try to get the pain to go away for him. And then I learned another lesson. Oftentimes when I was in pain, I would try to fix it. I would try to find some sort of way out of the pain to get it to go away now. Have you ever done that? Have you ever played that game on yourself? Well, I learned something in that, to be patient with the pain, to be patient with the situation that is causing the pain, and to enter into the situation, enter into the pain, rather than try to defeat it or run away from it, avoid it, to be patient and to go into it and let the lesson come present. That's why I often say, if you're in pain or if you're in illness, go in and talk to it and say, teacher, teach me. Share with me that which you have to share with me. Share with me your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding, those things that I'm lacking so that I grow and I expand. Rather than trying to push it away, walk into it in loving and in patience and in openness and willingness to receive that which is there for you. And it's an amazing experience of revelation about you and about life. So I began to realize that I was focusing again outside of myself and trying to do all this with other people, and I was losing sight once again of doing it for me, being patient with myself and taking care of myself in the way that patience and loving provided. So begin to look as you walk this life's journey and realize that this path of meditation isn't an escape clause. With initiation, you didn't find the escape clause in your contract of life that's going to get you off this planet. 
or that's going to get you out of life situations. But you did receive some tools by which to live life differently and to fulfill life here and move on to whatever's next at the time that comes. Does that all make sense? A lot of times when we initiate people, a few weeks, a few months, maybe a year, maybe two, we hear back from someone who says, well, this isn't the solution. This isn't the answer. My life is just as big a mess as it ever was, maybe even more. Where's the answer? I thought this was going to be grace-filled and grace was going to come in and wipe all this stuff out and I was going to have an easier life. You said this was the easy way. Well, it's not getting easy. And I said, are you using the tools that we've shared with you? Are you chanting the sacred name? Are you doing the meditation? Are you doing loving, accepting, and forgiving? Are you being responsible for your thoughts and your feelings in a daily basis and in a moment basis? Are you being responsible for your actions and your reactions? And oftentimes we'll hear, well, you know, you said this was the movement of grace, the Holy Spirit, that was going to come and anchor itself in me in initiation, and that everything would be fine after that. And I said, wait a minute, we never said everything's going to be fine after that. I don't think you'll see that written anywhere. I don't think we've ever said that. The first part, that's true. At initiation, the Holy Spirit does anchor itself with us in a different way because we have said yes. We have opened ourselves in a vulnerable way. The Holy Spirit has made itself present and we have said yes to the opportunity of its presence in our life and it now is anchored in us to walk with us in a new way to bring about fulfillment and completion and awakening. But I didn't say anything about and everything will be fine after this day. We still have to do the work. We have to do the meditation. We have to be responsible to those things we're responsible to. We have to do those actions that will bring us into that place of centeredness and fulfillment, such as loving, accepting, and forgiving. And it's through those actions that we began to find the simplicity and the freedom and the joy of life. And you're still going to have problems in the world. You're still going to have to pay taxes. You're still going to get sick. That's a part of this world. But in the midst of it all, you do have that action of loving and grace and presence, and patience right with you in all of it. And that's what we need to remember. How many times in your life, especially before you got initiated, you would enter into a situation that was really, really tough, terrible, horrible, and that's when you're really present with God. You're praying to God every day, you're being a good soul. You're being very attentive with spirit. 
And then the situation gets resolved, it goes away, whatever it might be. And within a week or two, you're not spending moments with God every day. You're not thinking of God maybe at all after a few weeks. And you're just living your life and enjoying it and having a good time. And then here comes something else again that's horrible and horrific and miserable. And all of a sudden you're going, oh God, I'm present again. Can you hear me? Are you listening? Can you give me a solution? Can you get me out of this? Isn't that what often we do in the world? Well, something I have found for myself is that God is listening every moment of every day to everything we're doing, everything we're saying. God is present with us. But we're not always present with God. We're not always giving opportunity for God to share with us. God's ever-present with us, but God can't really truly share with us unless we give God the opportunity. And that's what meditation is. We're giving God the opportunity. That's what initiation is. We're giving God the opportunity. We're saying yes to God. We're opening up the door and being vulnerable and allowing God in and saying, come in, come in. And if we're lucky, we'll even hear God say, no, you come in. You come into my kingdom. You come into my loving heart. I've been coming into you, now you come into me. And that's what this pathway is about. It isn't a pathway of the easy way, the way of solution. It's the pathway of awakening. Another aspect that I know that is very important for me is devotion. Being devoted to an action, to a cause, is a wonderful thing to have that in the forefront all the time, and that's what you are moving to fulfill. And we see a lot of people in the world that are very devoted to their families, very devoted to their careers, very devoted to different service projects in the world, very devoted to their service in spirit and religion, however it might be. And we witness that devotion. I think one of the last people that we've seen in the world that was very devoted and lived their devotion was John Paul. He was very devoted to his action of loving and service with God. And he really demonstrated that in everything that he did, right up to his last breath. He was not concerned about himself, he was concerned about others. But his devotion was with God first. And that devotion then lived in him and through him in everything he did and everywhere he went. Now that was his action of devotion. That isn't necessarily how our devotion may work. We need to do 
the search of what it is to be devoted in our life. What is devotion? Just as I talked about impatience and patience, what is devotion for you? Well, I discovered it when I finally began to feel that movement of God's loving coming back and beginning to fill me up. As I would share my loving with God, that was great, and that was an action of devotion. But when I began to feel that loving coming back and filling me, that's when I began to understand devotion. It's the movement of loving. Wherever you find that in the world or in yourself or in spirit that allows you a place to put your loving into action, that is where you're going to find your devotion. So look and see, do you have an action of devotion taking place now? Maybe you're devoted to your mate or to your children or to your animals or to your career. Those are good devotions to have. But there's a greater devotion that we begin to discover in our meditation that is beyond all the earthly devotions that you can have. And when we begin to experience that movement of loving in that way, we then know the truth of who we are, and we begin to truly understand, maybe for the first time, what devotion is. So look inside yourself and see what's bubbling up to the surface. And don't push it back down, but give it the space. Be patient and give it the opportunity to come up to the surface and reveal itself to you. Because everything you long to know and understand and experience in your life lies at the very seed of your being, which is your soul. It lies there. And it is ever waiting for that opportunity through your patience and your loving to be able to bubble to the surface and to let you be aware of the truth of you and the truth that lies in the very center of you, which is your loving, your caring, your devotion, your enthusiasm, your joy, your peace, your creativity, and so much more. But it's for you to discover. Nobody can give this to you. Nobody can make you do it. You've got to want it, and you've got to do it. Don't be the person that only talks to God in the times of trouble. Be a person who is with God at all times. It's kind of like marriage, for sickness and in health, in the good times and in the bad. Well, do that with God. In sickness and in health, in the good times and the bad, I'm ever with God. I was doing a wedding one time. And when I came to reading those statements to the couple, I paused for a second inside and I thought, oh my God, that's my relationship with God. That defines my relationship with God. 
And I realized in that moment I was living something very profound daily that was wonderful to know. And I realized in that moment (laughs) that I had paused quite a while because I was inside thinking and everybody's waiting for me to say the next thing for the person to say. But that was fine because I really came to an awareness in that moment. But it takes ever being present in the moment to be aware of those things that are in the moment to be aware of. I could have been caught up in the crowd. I could have been caught up in the hoopla of the wedding and the excitement and whatever else my mind could have carried me off on. But I was staying present with the words I was speaking and asking people to listen to and asking people to say. Because I find that as I share and as I speak and as I do, there's a lesson in everything. Years ago, I would say when I would talk, you know, I'm not doing this for you. I don't sit up here, stand up here and, and share this with, for you. If you get something out of it, great. I do this because I like to hear myself talk. I like to hear the spiritual presence come forward and see what I might have to say. And I'm often amazed. I'll go, oh my God, I didn't know I knew that. Or I'll go, oh, that's something I need to be focused on for myself. And I'll go back and I'll listen to these talks and I'll, I'll get something out of every one of them for me. People come up and go, oh my God, you were talking right to me. It was just for me. I know it. Well, nope, sorry. It was for me. In truth, it's for the me in all of us. It's that soul in all of us that this is about. And that's the beauty of what takes place here. It's simple, it's loving, it's patience, it's kind, and it's a presence of the truth that lies within all of us. That's why it speaks to us. That's why we know, oh my God, you were speaking to me. Well, I was. I was speaking to me. The me that resides in me and in you, the soul. If we can begin to understand that, then we can begin to honor the sacredness that this pathway really is and how to live that sacredness in a new way. Be present in every moment and in every breath that the divine dwells within us. Be present in every breath and in every moment of how you're choosing into the divine in that moment or out of it. Be present in every breath and in every moment of the choices you make that take you closer to God or further away. And they're all just fine. There's no right or wrong, but be present because it's a choice. Waking up and living God in you is a choice. Living in separation from God in you is a choice. What are you choosing in this moment? Well, I don't know. I was kind of thinking about what I'm going to be doing tomorrow and 
all the things I didn't get done today. Well, you just missed a moment where God was present with you that you could have experienced God. You could have been looking in somebody's eyes and seeing the loving that's there. Or maybe seeing the pain that's there. But being present in the moment that God is ever present in all things and in every way. That's the key. Live what breath at a time, one day at a time. That's what I was told at a very young age on the inner levels. Live in the now, live in the present. Live in this breath, live in this moment, live in this day. And then you find the fulfillment. All right, so we'll just bring it to a close. And I'll see you all next Sunday, if not before.